You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 324, and I am going to call it... Making decluttering progress while embracing your imperfect situation. So I am talking with Elizabeth today and she has a, I want to say a very unique situation, except that there are no degrees of uniqueness. And that is one of my weird pet peeves um, because you can't say very unique. Anyway, I'm already rambling. Welcome. If this is your first time here, now you know what I'm like. And I get that it's super obnoxious for me to say or want to say anytime somebody says that something is very unique, that it's not possible for something to be very unique. So I understand. I understand it. Anyway, I am rambling and I'm going to stop, but she is in a unique situation, meaning, although it's probably not unique because I bet you there are some of you living in similar types of situations, but she is living in a home where she doesn't necessarily have control of everything. And um, she's embracing it. I I mean, her attitude about this situation, she's truly grateful for her situation and seeing the challenges and addressing them as best that she can while preserving relationships. And I, I really, I was just very impressed with her attitude. And I love that she updated in the Kindred Spirits group that um, what we talked about with toys in the living room is working really well. Like it's working great for her. So I think it's important for for you to hear how the same principles apply in all sorts of situations. So the vast majority of you are not going to be living in this unique situation that Elizabeth is living in. However, the same principles apply to all of our situations, you know, situations. How did that sound? They apply. The container concept is the container concept, even though we all have different containers. The reality of living with, or, you know, the, the benefit of living our right now reality is true for all of us, 
even though we all have different right now realities. Anyway, I really think that you are going to um, learn some things here in this conversation that you can then take and apply to your own home. So that's the point of us doing all these things. So did want to remind you that Organizing for the Rest of Us, my newest book, is out. And I'm loving hearing from those of you who have read it. So um, it is all my best strategies in short, bite-sized form. Um, did I tell y'all last week about the the lady who um, put it in the bathroom and now her husband is in on the container concept and decluttering? And he was like, oh, it makes so much sense because it's just super flip throughable. Anyway, I love it. So... Um, Make sure you go get that at aslobcomesclean.com slash rest of us book, or just search Dana K. White on whatever place where you like to buy books. All right. Here's my conversation with Elizabeth. Okay, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being willing to come on today. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your unique life situation? Yeah, Dana, it's good to see you. you. Um, so my husband and I have been married um, or together about nine years, and we were slightly older when we got married. I was in my late 30s. He was in his 40s. We have a five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's a, he's a very spirited little dude. We never had our own stuff together. He had a house. I had an apartment. And so when we first got married, we ended up moving to a different state and rented a place, but had mostly my stuff and then in the last couple of years, we are living in his parents' second home, which I think is pretty unusual. Right. Uh, it's an amazing house. It's in the mountains. It's about 40 minutes from them. They've had it for 30 years and we love living here. I think they thought they'd sell it because they didn't really use it that much, but they, they knew, and my husband's their only child, they knew how much he liked it. And so they said, hey, why don't you come live here? So I think it's mostly the only house that my son really remembers. We've been here about three and a half years. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we live in this house that my, my in-laws used to uh, own a furniture store. And so it's fully furnished in the stylings of 1991. And it. we live with their stuff. So either my stuff is in storage his stuff is at his house. We live in this fully furnished house. It's a good size house. It's a little over 3000 square feet. So more than we need. Wow. Of, yeah. yeah of, of, of their stuff. It's not even their stuff. It's like a decorator's stuff in this second house. So that's, I think that's pretty unusual. And we've been here about three and a half years and absolutely love it. Just love living here and love living. And it's so nice to be close to them. And I love my own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, so you said 1991. Yeah. So I, my perspective on that is different than it would have been a few months ago, even. So my yeah. uncle, uh, my husband's uncle, they're getting rid of their travel trailer. Okay. And so we're like, okay, you know, as a place to camp in and all that. So we went and looked at it and it's in perfect condition from 1992. <laughs> and I graduated high school in 92. And so <laughs> I look at it and I think, was this the style in 1992, <laughs> which it had to have been right. It had to oh, have yeah. been like, because they would, you know, I mean, I know travel trailers are not like regular homes, but, but at still. the same time, like, I'm like, so the colors and the style and all this, I'm like, wow, maybe I'm older than I feel because <laughs> you can, uh, you can find a good housekeeping with Delta Burke on the cover. That's um, we have books. I, I used to joke that it's like the rapture came because when we moved in, stuff was here pills toothbrushes glasses clothes because they would come up and they it was supposed to be i think their summer home 
And then it looked like people still lived here, but nobody lived here. It was really strange. So you open up drawers and there's, you know, my father-in-law socks and like, we have like a fully, and my mother-in-law is a kind of a completer. So it's like, it's not just a set of China. It's every piece of the China. It's a set of regular dishes is every possible serving dish of the dishes. So it has a lot. She has a very high clutter threshold, very well organized and just has everything that you can imagine. But it's very strange because like in this room, I'm looking at like dog paintings and hunting. My, my in-laws are not hunters, but that's how you know, it was yeah. designed. And so it's a very, it just, it's not ours. We have photos that we don't put up. Like, it's a weird thing to feel like, ah, you're living in somebody else's, you know, place with this stuff that is not, that's not yours. It's a strange kind of experience. That is a strange experience. So like, what is the, I mean, I know that's not what we said we're going to talk about, but I want to talk about it. So like, what's the, what's the long-term plan on that? Well, you know, I, I think him being the only child, I think we're going to inherit this house. I think it's going to be in our family because we love it. We love, we live in kind of a, a tourist, uh, it's a, it's kind of a bedroom neighborhood, mm-hmm. a bedroom community. So it's a place where people want to come. It's a, it's a wonderful property. So I think we'll have it for probably quite a while, even if we move for my husband's job or we move around. So it's like, it is going to, it's not just that we'll end up moving out. I think it eventually will become ours, but I think because, and I guess this goes into kind of my first, my first issue and we can get that to it later, but because there was no like permission of like, you know, it's kind of your house, do whatever you want with it, pack it up, give it, it away, has, give it back. That has not been stated. That has not happened yet. So you're yeah. like, huh? so it's kind of this weird limbo. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, okay, honey, it's time. We need to start making it ours. I literally just said to him, like, he has China. He has China. My husband does that he loves. And it's like, why don't we pack up all of the strawberry China? There was a whole strawberry theme uh, and pack it all, you know, put it in the basement and we can bring up yours and at least display it in the China cabinet. He's like, maybe because it's, you know, it's our house. So that's, mm-hmm. I think the plan is that it will just be ours and it's going to need, cause it hasn't really been renovated. It will need quite a lot of work and we love it. So I think, but right now it's just, you're in this kind of hovering limbo. Well, it good. is. And you don't, you don't want to wish away the time and you don't no. want to wish away. You don't want to like, you have no desire for it to officially be yours because of what that yeah, would mean. Right. Sure. And so it's like, that's a tough situation. It's challenging. It's so what, what have you done with your stuff? Like, yeah. So it's interesting. Cause I found you about a year ago and, you know, moved, you know, from my little apartment up to the apartment that we shared and, you know, just packed everything up and moved it clutter and all. And then a year ago I found you and I was like, oh, magic. And I ended up decluttering half of my stuff, like wow. sentimental stuff, clothes. Yeah. It was really life-changing. Uh, <laughs> and so that, yeah, no, it really was. And so that really helped because it was like, don't, but when we moved in, I did feel like we had this empty basement and I thought, okay, we've got to be able to live in this house. And we had a one and a half year old. So I needed to baby proof. Mm-hmm. I did pack up a bunch of the existing stuff and put it down in the basement because we, you know, we do have to live here. I needed to open up drawers Absolutely. and put my stuff yeah. there. So we did, I did put away some of their stuff to use some of my stuff. So I have decluttered a bunch of it. It is a good size house. And so there is extra space. What's interesting now is I'm trying to kind of re 
we declutter, there's not necessarily a need to do so. But I also feel like, you know, it's been a year and let me see if I can get even more space. But yes. there is more space than probably like a, a smaller house and I'd have to squeeze into it. Yeah. Um, and then my husband has his own house that has a lot of his stuff. So right now, the stuff that's his that's here is like clothes and shoes and things. He doesn't have that much of the stuff. All of my stuff is here. And it's, you know, I just had to kind of get rid of it because I realized there wasn't a good space for it. And also, you know, I'm in my 40s. Like I didn't need nearly as much of it as I thought I did. So yeah. that was a good way to fix a lot of that problem was honestly just declutter my own stuff. Yeah. And, it, and now it all fits mostly. No, I mean, that's great. I mean, you've, you did exactly the right thing, which is actually really hard to do. Like yeah. it's really hard because I, I love your perspective on being in a unique situation, being grateful for this situation, acknowledging that there are things about it that are really difficult, but yeah. I did the best I could and I've made it okay. So yeah, yeah I love it. Okay. Did I solve all your problems already before <laughs> <Totally>. this thing? <laughs> it's a good chat. Good okay. chat. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about some of the things specifically that are working well for you. Yeah. So the big, big thing, obvious thing to me is dishes, doing the dishes. I always think about kind of back to when I was single and I was very flexible about doing dishes, cleaning up at night and be like, oh, it's Friday. It's fine. And so it was very like, whatever dishes are dishes. My husband does most of the cooking and I do the cleanup. And it was very important to him, even though he can have clutter himself, like a clean kitchen. And yeah. so when I found you, I was more flexible about it, but now it's like, all right, this is going to be, and it used to, I had a habit checklist. It used to be like, check this off. And now it's a point of pride that I do the dishes every night after dinner. We have a glass uh, stovetop that he hates. It's like his oh, nemesis. Yeah. I clean that thing. Like it is my job. Wow. Uh, I unload the dish. Oh yeah. And I've gotten really good at it. You can like see reflection. It's beautiful. <laughs> I unload the dishes in the morning. Like when yeah. I'm before my son gets up it, the, the cycle of it. And then I, I work from home. So I clean up after pretty much every meal. I love clean counters. We are, our eating nook is also in the kitchen. That is a little more, that's where things go to die. So I have to work on that because that can ruin the look of the kitchen. It's all yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. So the, the dishes have served you well. Huge, huge. Yeah. Just a good way to, good way to end the day. Good way to start the next day. Like it's yeah. been, and my husband is just, I mean, I, it's delightful how thrilled he is with it. So it's like, it's very <laughs> motivating because it makes great? him so happy. So it's like, and I just, yeah, I love it. I, I just want to finish it. I want it to be good. And now that we do it and even things that are in the drying rack, putting them away, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's very soothing at this point. So I really, yeah, it's daily and it's something I don't even have to talk myself into doing. I just yeah. do it. It's part of my daily habit. Pre-made so decision. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what's something else that's working well for you? You know, the container concept was, was really life-changing to me because I was one of those people that would shove things in, in a Jenga-like format. And so it's like, okay, this fits perfectly now. And then you get out that brush and it's like, oh, you know, a day later, a week later, the whole thing's ruined. And so it's like, what can the space, the idea of space and how you want to live in that space and you don't want to shove it just because it can fit. And mm -hmm. so the container, and I was just listening to your podcast about moving in the boxes and how those boxes actually weren't stressful. It was like, oh, this is, this is the limit. And you already start thinking of that being the limit. You know, it's not like you have to stress yourself out about, oh, I love that shirt. It's like, no, this is naturally what's going to fit in here. And then the stuff that you didn't really want in the first place, it's like, it gives you permission to give it away. Yeah. So that amazing. was the, yeah, the closets and the thing, it just was very, just a relief to be able to, oh yeah. Like this, the physics of it was like, oh yeah. That like, it seems so obvious. And yeah, that was huge. And when I, when I did that big decluttering last year, it 
that's what I like. This is what's going to fit my sentimental stuff. And so I started looking at pictures differently, stuff that I'd held on to for years, like uh, playbills and things. And I, it's like, is this going to fit? I've been carrying this around literally for 30 years. And you're like, I'm not that attached to it anymore. It doesn't fit in that, you know, chest or that, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting how that like signals to your brain. This is what you got. Good luck to you. And that was, that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, those boundaries, like those, it's it's kind of, it makes literal. Yes. Of you saying, this is my situation, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know I have been in different situations over the years and sometimes Mm -hmm. I will just resist and resist and resist. It's not ideal, but generally I actually make progress when I go, okay, this is the situation that I'm in. I'm just gonna make the best of it. You know, it's the reality, like yeah, you said, it's reality based, right? Like this right. is it. I'm going to appreciate the parts of it that are great and mm-hmm. the parts of it that aren't, I'm going to say, well, okay, I just got to yeah. live with it and I got to do it. So yeah, I like yeah. that. Well, I want I want to give one shout out to the awkward pause, uh, mm-hmm. because I think, feel like that is an underappreciated skill that you talk about the idea that well, I actually have a timer on my phone. That's like work for 25 minutes, get a five minute break. And you're like, I've got five minutes. What can I do in that five minutes? And that the idea of identifying the awkward pause, is it a five minute pickup? Is it, you could do a drawer in that time. Is it, you could fold laundry in that time. You know, you string a bunch of those together and like a whole day's worth of productivity kind of gets done. So I loved your idea about the awkward pause. I've really utilized that to do stuff that you're like, I don't have time for that. You're like, yeah, you do. So I've, I've used that as well. When you say the 25 minutes of work, are you talking about your job? Yeah, my work from home. Yes, job, job. So it just forces me to get at, so I'm not sitting at my desk for, you know, three hours. So it's a great, and it really, you know, kind of refreshes my brain, gives me a mental pause, and then I'll do something in the house or I'll walk around or I'll start making lunch or something. Yeah, it's based on that uh, Pomodoro timer, the idea of 25 minutes of work, five minute break, and then, and yeah, and it's like, what can I do? Again, like the container of the time, like, what can I do in five minutes? And it makes you really, there's a lot you can do in five minutes. So there really is. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are following the progress and only progress, then it's yeah. like, well, it doesn't matter if I have five minutes, if I have 30 minutes, if I have five mm-hmm. hours, it doesn't matter because I'm never going to put myself in a worse situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. 
Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Okay, so what um, would you like to talk about? So, you know, the first thing I, is definitely related to being in this house with my my in-law stuff. Um, and again, I want to reiterate, it's not really their stuff. It's like designer stuff. So it's not like they have an attachment to it. So I have boxed up a lot of it. I have not thrown anything away. I boxed up a lot of it. It's in the basement. They've never asked for any of it. You know, I think they've kind of forgotten what's here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what... What, what do you, how do you work around somebody else's things? Is it just a mentality that it's like, I need to start saying, you know, we can take that picture down, put it in the basement and hang up our own picture. Is it, do I have to give myself permission to, you know, start putting our stuff in the house? I think that's where I I struggle. So, so let's talk about, um, you said that they haven't asked about things. Mm -mm. Do they come to your house or do you primarily go to their house? They do not come to the house, which is really interesting. Okay. I don't exactly know the answer to that. So we always go to their house. I think they, I think my mother-in-law doesn't really want to see any ch- changes that have been made. Mm-hmm. We have the five-year-old. I think she thinks, you know, there were, when we first moved in, there were like bus that were on pedestals and glad lots of knickknacks. Mm-hmm. So I've moved all of that stuff. So I think she probably has a personal you know, ownership over it, over it okay. and probably doesn't want to see any changes, even if they were important changes, necessary changes yeah. that I might've made having the, having the child around. So I think they just don't come and we go see them. So yeah, okay. they don't ever see it. Do you ever, and I know all relationships are different. So, I mean, I'm not saying go talk to them, but I'm saying like, do you have these conversations with them ever? You know, something when I, we were first going to have a get together when we first moved in like a housewarming, we asked if somebody could stay in a bedroom, um, the, actually the master bedroom, which we don't use, we use a different bedroom, uh, which had all my in-laws stuff. Like, could someone stay there? And she was like, no, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so that was the last time that we asked. And so that was kind of, I think, okay. and also I think my, my family, my husband and my in-laws, part of their family personality is not to talk about certain things. Whereas I would probably, if it was my parents totally would talk about it. Right. So I think it's just, we just don't talk about it. And I just continue moving boxes to the, (laughs) to the face. Well, yeah, um... (laughs) I have not brought it up. I have not brought it up. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do they refer to the house? Do they still talk about it as in you're living in their house or do they refer to it? You don't call it their house. They just, you know, but they have a lot of opinions about like for Christmas, the way it should be decorated. Or did you call this summer to do? No, 
they just, but they used to decorate before we moved in. They used to, it was like a show house, right? So they, you know, so I put all of the Christmas decorations and there were many of them uh, in the basement. So my mother-in-law would say something like, you know, no, don't forget, you have all of those Christmas decorations. Like, well, they're now in the basement, which I don't mention. <laughs> and they're in some box that is hard to find. So I think they think everything is still exactly in the same place as they left it. And of course it's not, it's shifted. Um, but we don't talk about that. So yeah, they just, it's a strange thing. I can't even explain it to you. It's a no, strange I, thing. I yeah. get it. I mean, <laughs> it is strange. Like I want to validate that for sure. But at the same time I go, you know what? My family has strange things too. So yeah. that, you know, my friend, I might tell her a story and she's like, why don't y'all just say this? And I'm like, well, we can't say that in that situation. Or, you know, so, I mean, I get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Um, huh. This is an interesting conversation yeah. to have. I, I mean, like a bit of a, bit of a, you know, Give you a little I, bit of a, make you work for it, Dana. I don't, I don't want your mother-in-law <laughs> to help me down. And <laughs> she's, just, you know, she just has a certain, I think part of it is her personality is very much like her. She's in control. Like when I go to their house and help her in the kitchen, she's not real interested in like, she still does the dishes. She is in charge of her domain. So I still think she thinks of this is her domain. We just happen to live here. So we don't talk about it that much. If something's happened, like, you know, I don't know, something broke or whatever, we fix it. But we just, we kind of just don't talk about it. So I just keep thinking, you know, maybe it's just little things like moving up the China and moving, you know, but for example, we, we have a whole set of stoneware that, you know, was with the house, broke a, a glass or a plate. Don't even really like it, but that's our daily thing. And my husband was like, we have to replace it. I'm like, honey. I don't want to spend $20 to replace this plate. I don't even like in the first place and try to, you know, go on replacements.com. And that's part of it. It's like, we use the stuff. We don't necessarily like the stuff. So it's like, how can we make it ours? How can we make the home ours? And I think it's like, we have to give ourselves permission, but that's tricky. It's tricky. Well, I think what you're doing, I mean, I, you definitely don't have the freedom to donate all her stuff. Like that's yeah. not an issue. You can't sell it. It's not like that. So you know, I, I think what you're doing is the right thing, which is, okay. you know, one in one outing. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, ultimately that's what you're doing is you're one yeah. in one outing and you're taking the stuff that's there and you're packing it up carefully. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if she was to come over, mm -hmm. which I guess you're saying probably won't happen, but yeah. if she were to come over, would you be ready to say, Oh, I have not got, of course I haven't gotten rid mm -hmm. of anything. And I could probably find whatever it was she was looking for. Yeah. Cause it's, but, it's all labeled. Right. And so it's like, I, of course I didn't get rid of it. No, we just were mm -hmm. using ours and I didn't want to, you know, there wasn't room yeah. for both. And so, mm -hmm. so it's almost like part of your container for this unique mm -hmm. situation, which is a good thing. Cause you get to live in this really nice place in a really nice house. Yeah. Part of your container is the fact that the basement Yep. is for storage. It's not, you know, yeah. which if it's 3000 square feet and there's three of y'all, then you're going to be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. To, to say that the basement is storage. I wish it wasn't. Yeah. If this was my house long-term for me to do with whatever I please, then it wouldn't be. But mm -hmm. as far as like putting your picture up instead of hers, I, I mean, I feel weird saying anything. Cause I'm so afraid she's <laughs> going to get mad at me. <laughs> and you know, the <laughs> irony is she, if I just asked her as she probably would be like, Oh, that's fine. But it's just, you know, you don't rock the boat. Like my mother-in-law and I have a great relationship yeah. and you know, it's like, you should keep it that way. No, <laughs> so I, I just try to think what would be the least, you know, offensive, the least, okay. uh, let just, me, it's like, you're just kind of, you're just like hovering. Like you're let me, let me ask you this. 
you've got your son, he's five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is his room decorated? Yeah. So it was, a it was a small guest room that had like two beds. So we, we moved uh, everything out except for the one bed. We ended up putting in an HVAC unit, like a little split coil system because it didn't have any um, heating or cooling. And so, and they were fine with that. Um, and it, it is small. And I try to keep that uh, pretty sparsely his play areas downstairs. It's a different issue, but um, so it's mostly just books. And, but I had mentioned something about, you know, I had moved, like I moved the chest and she's like, moved it where? <laughs> just don't no. say anything. Like you just, can't, I just try not to say, because she has a certain, like in her head, it looks yeah. exactly how it was when she saw it, like, you know, four years ago, but it's, it's great. It works for him. It's a, you know, it's a great room, but like his closet, that was a huge decluttering one for me was filled with decorations. And so I pulled all of that. It's now in the basement. And then it was then cluttered with all of his stuff and baby stuff. And then last year, Got all of that out. You can actually walk into the closet. It's magical, but it's his. Everything in that room yeah. is his. Whereas it wasn't just a storage room for this used two guest beds that never got used. So that's actually worked out great. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like you're doing what you can I'm doing do. the best I can. I, I mean, I, because because my what I was going to say was, well, but can you decorate his room something fun mm-hmm. and then show it to her? But then when you tell me the story about moving the chest and her, you know, I mean, do you feel like financially and emotionally you're at a point where you want your own living room set or do you, are you okay? Okay. You know, I think I'm okay with how it is. And I think if I mentioned that to my husband, he'd be like, (laughs) because I just think he worries so much about just you know, it's like, he just doesn't want to mess up the status quo. So no, I really can't imagine, but you know, you go down to the living room and on either side of the fireplace is like, you know, bookshelves that are stacked with like, again, knickknacks and books. I've cleared out a bunch of them, but you look at them and you think, you know, oh my goodness, a three foot tall, like fake, uh, you know, bird cage that was <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. And so those kinds of things you think, okay, we could take some of our stuff and put it up and pack up some of that. But in terms of furniture and having all this furniture, probably Probably not. You know, it's probably going to stay here. And he doesn't like any of it. It's not his style. It's that very traditional, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it works and we're not paying for it. And so it's like, you know, we can live with it. It's, yeah. we can live with it just fine. And when I can have a touch of me here and there or the China, you think, okay, let's, let's do that. We had wedding lens that I said, honey, we have that were from France. We have family in France. And I was like, honey, we have carried these around. I took off her, you know, tablecloth for Christmas and pressed them and they're out. And he was like, look how pretty they are. Cause they were ours and we had never displayed them. And I said, I just want to, so I think I'm coming into this like cycle of fourth year where I can then have stuff that it's like, I feel comfortable enough saying this house needs to look like us. Well, even if it's just very minor things. Right. You've also decluttered. So you, through that process have Mm -hmm. identified the things that really matter to you. That's true. I knew where those linens were. Yeah. And now that you've identified what really matters to you one in one outing without actually getting rid of it Mm -hmm. so that if it comes up, you're able to sit because here, I don't know your mother-in-law, but Mm -hmm. here's what might happen in a situation like that. When I go through Mm -hmm. it in my mind is she might be horrified when she finds out that you put the birdcage in the basement Mm -hmm. and she might be like, huh. And then you would be able to say, Oh, I can switch it back. Yeah. And then most likely by the time you got home, she would be like, 
she doesn't need to switch that back. That was my, <laughs> you know, because you know, yeah. the reaction might be, I don't know. I have no idea, but I do think, especially with that, for you to be able to, I, I mean, it's been four years, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you making it your own, but, but yeah, I just want to validate. You've got a unique situation going on there. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. And that you are handling it beautifully. And I don't think you needed me at all. (laughs) Boundaries. I'm trying to set boundaries, be respectful. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, just every day is a little different. So it is, it is, but yeah, I would say things that like starting out with, okay, let's say something did happen and I did have to put everything back. I'm going to start with the easier stuff because it sounds like a little more of the issue here is your husband's hesitation. Yeah. Because he's the one actually seeing things and it worries him. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. but, but you just said he was excited when y'all used your tablecloth. And so it's, yeah. And so he, obviously, if he has China, he loves the tablecloth. He has a love of beautiful things and y'all's special stuff. So it's like, let me take my most special first Mm -hmm. and one in one out those so that we can kind of adjust a little bit by a little bit to that. So is there a, end in sight for his home? Like, are you going to have to clean it out at some point? Yeah. So that's actually my second question. Okay. Beautiful segue. Thank uh, you. My second issue. <laughs> so yeah, so we, and my husband, it's interesting because the houses were both bought about the same time, like late eighties. I think his, his house might be 89 or 91 has owned this house fully paid for about 15 minutes from his parents. So about 30, 40 minutes from us. I've never known him to be in it. We stayed in it a little bit, but when we first started dating, he ended up moving to DC and didn't live in that house. So I certainly know it. He had some real health challenges. And I think that made that allowed the house to kind of get out of control. Mm -hmm. He wants to sell it now. He's not attached to it at all, but it is filled with stuff. And so you have a couple of issues for one of them. I'm trying to be supportive being married to him. I've learned, I used to be a lot more controlling. And be like, let me tell you what to, and it's like, I've learned, you know, nope, not my stuff, not my business. I know you were the same way, like not my business, but I do want to be supportive. And I, I know he walks into it and like his heart sinks because it's just so overwhelming. So I don't know how to be supportive. The second question is some of it has made its way. And there's some of his stuff is in his parents' basement. Some of it has made its way into our basement, which when we moved in was empty, is now no longer empty. And it's like, I, the container concept is, is I've tried to, I've tried to share it. I don't know that it comes across. So it's like, I don't know what to do when this stuff starts migrating in and we start running out of space for it. Mm-hmm. So those are the two questions. How can I help him do this project in a way that's supportive and not bossy? And also what, you know, like literally I had cleaned out one of the bedrooms and I was like, look at this beautiful space in our house. And then he moved up like four plastic bins of like his CDs. And I was like, honey, really? He's like, I think he just saw the space and he's like, something can move into that. Mm. (laughs) It was like the next day. So that's the thing. It's like, Hmm, I don't want all of his stuff to just again, literally stuff shifting to start coming up here because he doesn't know how to make the decision about letting, and he's very sentimental. So I, yeah, I don't know how to be supportive. Well, I think you've said two different words there. And I think we need to focus more. You said, I want to be supportive, Mm -hmm. but I think rather than supportive, let's focus on the word helpful. Okay. Okay. Because you are being supportive. I mean, you, I mean, that's what I hear oozing from you is you are 
kind and you see other people's perspective and you're like, I'm going to be fine. And I, and so all of that is great and lovely. And I want to compliment you on that, Thank you. but I want you to go, okay, maybe me being supportive has not been as effective in Mm -hmm. him actually dealing with this as Mm -hmm. it needs to be, because there's a house full of stuff that you could sell the house. You could sell the house, you know? And so it's like, okay, let's go through, let's go through the process, you know? So it's like, okay, we're going to take a day and I'm not sure what your schedule has been. Have you gone down there and worked on the house? I'm picturing that you're in the mountains. Are you in the mountains? Yeah, we're in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. That's in my we're brain. In that's where you are. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We're okay. in the mountains. And, yeah. uh, so he, we are, that's why we always joke that we're okay. We're headed down the mountain because that both yeah. him and his parents are down the mountain. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about kind of just going like start with the trash and, yeah. you know, cause it's, I keep, I keep kind of jumping into the decision-making, but yeah. if we're again, you're skipping past, just, can you start in this one space and, and start he's already overwhelmed. Trash. Yeah. And so to say, yeah. I need you to make decisions he needs to make some progress before yeah. he ever has to make a decision. He needs oh, to, yeah. Your your question was, you know, have we started? Um, my husband is finishing uh, his PhD. And so I think, and we seem to be nearing the, the end of this, which has mm-hmm. been a long process. And so I think after that, and I'm hoping it happens within the next month, then it's when, so we've, I think that's part of it. It's just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then we live somewhere else. And that house has just been sitting there, putting it off, putting it off. Easy and to so ignore because it's out of just, your yeah, yeah, Don't have to see it. We stayed it in a couple of times. And it's like, just, just, you know, stay here. And you know, here the kitchen sink works and let's just not touch anything. But now I think when he's finished, that will be the priority because I think people are interested in it. You know, he lives in a small town. His parents are in a small town. Everybody kind of knows each other. And I think people are interested in this house. And so it's, I think he'll have more time. And if he will make the time, I can certainly take off time. If that, Mm -hmm. if he feels like I can, again, be helpful. I Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I think it's that following the process, Mm -hmm. same as you would do at any point, because there are going to be decisions, but you can do so much before you ever get to a decision, Mm -hmm. especially if, like you said, it's a full house. Okay. Because the problem is if you start out on those difficult decisions and he shuts down and the compromise begins to be put it in a box and we'll deal with it later, then it's going to be everything. But if instead you say, okay, we're going to go work for, you know, we can work for an hour. We can work for 10 minutes. We can work for, you know, we can stop at any time because if you're doing the progress and only progress thing, then when he starts to get overwhelmed, you're like, we're good. You know, we can, we can be done. But if you say that and you can turn around and go, oh, wow, we made a big impact. Or the Mm -hmm. next time you walk in, you realize, oh, we really did, you know, actually do this. So starting with the trash, which I know can be difficult and I'm not sure exactly like his level of attachment to stuff, but starting with the trash, starting in the visible space. And if he can't identify, if you ask him, you know, where's the trash or let's, let's start getting rid of trash and Mm -hmm. he can't see any trash, then you just, okay, you move to the next thing. You don't need to give a lecture on trash, just move (laughs) to the the next step, you know, and say, okay, well, what in here, you know, because we're going to need to we're going to want to pack things according to their room. So is there anything here in the entryway that actually goes in a bedroom or a bathroom or a Mm -hmm. kitchen? What in here has a home in this house? Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and get that out of here and take it there right now to make it easier. So many times just picking it up to do that 
will make you go, Oh, wait, what? You yeah. know, like if it is something that just kind of randomly landed there yeah. and has been there for the last four years or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then move to the, you know, are there, is there anything in here that's a dead donation, mm-hmm. you know, and going through that process, letting him be the one to make the decisions, but they're all easy decisions. Like mm-hmm. they're not, there's nothing overwhelming about them. And when he can't answer it, you're able to go, Oh, okay. Well, let's just move on to the next thing. It's fine. But with each little thing, there is a little bit of progress being made. Now, here's one thing that I have learned as of recently. And I think I might've shared this in one of our kindred spirit phone calls. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. or uh, Zoom calls, but, um, I had a conversation with a woman and I'm not sure I'm not saying that your husband has hoarding tendencies. That's not it at all. But I'm just saying like when you're dealing with some people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that she said, and she, you know, deals with this on her, her own is she said that she could not identify trash. And so she actually would ask herself the two decluttering questions about every single thing, Wow, everything. So if it was a gum wrapper, she would ask, where would I look for this first? Okay. That question revealed it as trash, Mm -hmm. but asking herself to look for the trash, she couldn't see it. Okay. So what I'm saying is try the trash first, but if he doesn't see any trash, eh, we're just gonna move on because the, where would I look for this first? will break through a lot of that. Um, it's, it's great if you can get some stuff out of there first, but even if you get to that fourth step and you're Mm -hmm. asking those two decluttering questions because, and you can go again with, well, we're going to want to pack things for the rooms. And so where would you look for this first? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then it, you know, it, it's very non-confrontational to ask them that yeah. question instead yeah. of why do you have this, you know, avoid those whys, which it oh, doesn't yeah. sound like you're that kind of person anyway, but yeah. the, where would you look for this first says, I understand that you may value this and, you know, and then if they don't have an answer, then ask, would it ever occur to you that you had one, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the reality is as you get through that kind of stuff and you start to put it in the boxes, kind mm-hmm. of like the container concept that I talked yeah. about with buying the boxes for house, for my new house, it starts to become a, okay, well, should we pack this? Because mm-hmm. we actually, you know, we've got some that we use at the house Yeah. and let that container, like, are we going to, are we going to get rid of the one we have at the house mm-hmm. for this? You know, so it kind of helps with that one in one out. And I, I know that's easier said than done. I know it's a daunting process, but I think that that idea of we really can make progress without emotional Mm -hmm. exertion is huge, which I would go ahead. Acting as his decluttering coach. Yeah, exactly. Just help him through the process instead of just being supportive, whatever you want to do, blah, blah, blah. He's paralyzed in this. I mean, like he's, he's stuck and it's probably because we've been living perfectly fine for four years, Mm -hmm. which means I technically don't need any of that stuff. Well, that's what's, that's the thing, right? Like right. you probably don't even remember that much of it is in the house because you haven't lived in the house in, you know, eight years or so. so but knowing yeah. that there's stuff in that house that is highly sentimental to him mm-hmm. and yet knowing he probably doesn't need any means that he doesn't want to do any of it because it feels like the whole house is going to be sentimental. He just knows that. So it's like that getting through so that you can get down to the sentimental stuff and the more momentum that you make that you create, once you get to the sentimental decisions, those are going to be easier. So as you find something that's highly sentimental, skip it. 
Yeah. Skip it. Like if he's stuck on something, even if you're like, I cannot believe this is sentimental, <laughs> skip it so that you're helping him move forward. Mm-hmm. And then over time, he'll be the one to identify, oh, we've skipped a lot of things. Maybe I should actually make a decision on this at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a tough yeah, situation. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, he had been at the, he goes to the house usually about once a week and it brought back to our house, you know, a bunch of kitchen, he's, he cooks so a bunch of kitchen utensils. And I had just kind of re-decluttered, you know, the kitchen. It's like, well, honey. And again, I've tried to introduce the container concept a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, honey, where are these going to go? And it might've been my delivery. I might not have had the best tone, but I was like, honey, where are these going to go? And then the next morning, you know, I'll take care of it. And the next morning it's like, they're kind of shoved into our, you know, three utensil jars. And they're kind of like, I saw where they went. And again, we have a good enough, I've decluttered enough. There's more room, but it's like, I still need the container. I need you to acknowledge uh, the container concept. So so on that situation, as he brings in these other things, which Mm -hmm. you said he loves to cook, does he like Mm -hmm. to buy new stuff for cooking? Not so much buy it, but he has a, he has a gadget for everything. So yeah. He has a gadget for everything. So as he brings in something that is the same as something mm-hmm. that you already have, let's say it's a yeah. spatula, mm-hmm. the answer is always yes. That's the beauty of the container concept when you're helping someone else. The answer is, okay. he says, I'm bringing this in and you say, great. Okay. Which one do you want to get rid of? So there's room for this. What? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, but I, I love that one too. Oh, great. Okay. Then what other thing are you willing to get rid of? And so the answer is always Yes. Mm-hmm. but there still are limits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that he gets to see, oh, if this comes in, something else comes in. Oh yeah. I know. Well, there's just not enough space for all of it. So what in yeah. here, you know, is there anything, what is there that you're willing to get rid of? Well, nothing because this one I'm bringing in is actually rusty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So there's no room for it. Well, but I have to keep it. Okay, great. What's in here. You know, and so it, in the beginning, it can be kind of a maddening conversation, yeah. except that you're you're being kind and you're being helpful. Like mm-hmm. it, it's that supportive versus helpful. I think okay. maybe like, I see that. cause it, it kind of moves you toward helping him make those decisions, Yeah, but, Progress. but it's never, why in the world do you want that spatula? Even yeah. though, even if that's what you're thinking, because you're like, mm-hmm. that is old and gross and burnt. And, you know, I, I remember one time, um, when I lived with two roommates, and I had gotten a, a new wooden spoon or something. And it was the exact same kind as one that we already had. Well, the one that we already had, and I don't know why I got it. I have no idea, but anyway, um, the one we already had, had a big burn mark in it. So mm-hmm. I got rid of the burn mark one. And my roommate mm-hmm. was like, where did it go? I loved that one. I was like, oh, you know, and now I know I did the right thing to be like, oh, okay, well then we'll just get rid of the one I have because this is the one that you want more. But it's like, the, the space is the space, you know, yeah. if he loves spatulas, yeah. great, but maybe you don't have space for spatulas and garlic presses and yeah. lemon squeezers and all these other things that I'm trying to think of that go in kitchens. Yeah. And I, it, and I think, you know, there's like this idea that you can just have overflow, you know, so I, we've, you know, so we have our master, our master bedroom and closet. We don't really use for that. And I've repur- repurposed the closet. I have some racks, we have some sodas in there. We have like, so we have, you know, you can again, mm-hmm. stuff shift intentionally, but then it's like, 
how, how much overflow are we going to like, you, you got to at some point contain it, but it is the challenge of having a bigger house that you can start. And then it's like, yes. it starts to spread and it's like, honey. So it's, yeah, I think it's more just my approach. I definitely see it a lot with, and I'm looking because a, a, a chest of drawers and like clothes and the clothes are kind of always overflowing. And it's yeah. like, it's just a challenge of, you know, but I know there are shirts that, you know, he, he would get rid of. I think if he just had the opportunity to say, Oh yeah, I don't really ever wear that. I don't like that. You just got to do the activity. So I think that yeah. was, I was a little afraid of it, which is why I did all my stuff thinking, okay, let me do my stuff first. And then we, and then we just never got around to it. I've just been putting right. off I think the conversation, but this it's all part of the same conversation about this is the container and what can yeah. we, you know, what can we do with that? And I, I think your point, and that's very valuable about the idea in his head is stuff and it needs to be, you know, your point of look, always look. It's like, you gotta, you gotta make it a thing. So it's a stuff, but it's really a thousand just individual things. So if you take yeah. out one, it's now 999 things. And we right. have to look at one thing at a time. Cause right now it's like everything in there. Yeah. is sentimental. And it's just, uh, and you just think I can't deal with it. So yeah. I, I get it. I get it. And it's just, and I'm more naturally, this is the kind of stuff I like to do. Yeah. It's not his natural inclination. So I get that right. it's more, you know, it, it's fun for me in a way that it's not for him. So I just, I think, yeah, yeah you're right. I just need to kind of be a, like a coach. Yeah. Walking him through Walk those through steps, process. Mm-hmm. walk him through those, those steps and don't let one item derail him. That's where yeah. you are very valuable. And like, mm-hmm. he starts to get derailed on this where he, if he was on his own, he would just quit. Yeah. Instead you're like, oh, okay, well, we'll decide on that one later. Let's move to the next thing. Let's talk about the next item. I, I really didn't think, cause usually when you think about people helping you, it's always like you send them to that room and I do this room and how do I make the decision? I never really thought about being like really acting as a coach and, and how yeah. valuable that could be. Cause you're using someone to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, it's just yeah. someone again, kind of holding the space for you to work through, you know, some emotional stuff, but someone's yeah. just kind of helping you move things along. I never really saw myself in that role. Yeah. I, I think that'd be incredibly valuable. Yeah. Okay. What's your next question? Okay. So got this five-year-old who is, uh, he is something and he likes to be where we are obviously. And so our living area is kind of his playroom. We had a, we had a moment last year where my husband's like all of this stuff that was just everywhere. We have one of those big kind of, um, Melissa and Doug like play tables. He's like, all this stuff has to go. He was just unhappy, thought it was too much. And so we labeled it it went on vacation and we put it I boxed it all up I have these amazing photos and he boxed it all up put it all in the basement my son woke up the next day and he was like (laughs) where did it all go and we brought some things back you know very very carefully but we had gotten rid of it so then I used to do a rotation Mm -hmm. and that was not above my clutter threshold I could do it but then he found out where the stuff was stored and then it was like oh I want to get this on vacation I want to get and I was like no that's not how this is working so we've kind of abandoned the idea of the vacation but now it's so challenging to get the the stuff into spaces where he can help with a five-minute pickup you know we have like he has some really big trucks and so they're not that easy to so we keep those in the master bedroom so he has to kind of ask for them but it just gets so out of control so easily and so I don't I don't know what the system is you so know, how did the rotation work every couple months so I would say okay we've got you know, you can take away five things that you don't. So, you know, your, your Legos, your Duplos, your, and then you, we, uh, you know, you tell me what you've been missing. So it'd be like this brooder truck, which is the big, big trucks that he loves, um, you know, this Duplo set. And then I would go 
magically where he did not know where they were and I'd switch them out Mm -hmm. and then he discovered them. And so then he wanted to pick them out and then say, okay, I, and he would say, I'll trade out one in one out plus five. He'd be like, I'll trade this out for this. But then it still became like every, you know, couple of days. Can we get this on vacation? Can we get this on vacation? And so it's like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. So I did declutter. I do a sale. There's a sale a couple of times a year where I can sign and actually it makes money and it's great. Mm -hmm. So I do that, but I did try to say, okay, let's choose what you want to sell, you know? And he was like, I want all of this to, to stay. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, that's not helpful. And I know when they get older, you know, I, I could, okay, this, he did try to, I gave something away that he hadn't played with in a while. And then six months later, three months later, he was like, what happened to fill in the blank? And I felt mom guilt. And so I ended up, because I gave it away, I sold it. And so I ended up repurchasing it because he had asked about it. But I was like, you know what, dude, this, you can't have it. Like, it can't all be here. Like, I'm your mom and I have to make a decision about this. Right. That was my first attempt to like include him. And I felt badly I hadn't included him. But then a couple of weeks ago, I tried to include him and he's like, no, everything needs to stay. <laughs> okay. So we've kind of repurposed things. We have some cabinets, we have some shelves that everything is kind of mostly in that room, either behind shelves. I was able to get, you know, a couple of old puzzles out so that we weren't shoving things in, but it's still tricky to get him to give things up and then also to get him to put things away and not just feel like there's stuff everywhere in the living room. Okay. So the living room currently, mm-hmm. so it got out of control. Yeah. You moved all of it down. Pretty he much. Out, the basement. He asked yeah. for a few things. You brought those things yeah. up. That kind of didn't work. Is the majority of the stuff now in the living room again? Is is majority is in the living room, and we have decluttered some of it. You know, I have him. He can be pretty good at like he gets out of a game. He can put it away, mm-hmm. and then there, you know, some things are behind doors. So he'll, there are things that are places of doors, but some of them like a like a big wooden train set. Mm-hmm. It's like I can vacillate between thinking, okay, well, you should leave some of that out because he's being creative. But then also it's everywhere. And then the green table is filled with the train set. And then it's filled with hot wheels and then it's filled with Legos. And so it's like, there's too many things out and my, you know, and we live in the living room, we watch TV in there. And so it can, like, I don't want to be surrounded by all the toys and I'm trying to figure out a method, a system where we can put stuff, you know, I've watched Dawn's minimal mom Mm -hmm. stuff about, you know, categories. And it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like, what's the right system to get them to help put it away. And then to kind of get it out of sight, out of mind. Um, so do you have a, I mean, I know you said the table is an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I feel like we had a table at one point and finally we're like, we were like, oh, that just really didn't work for us. Like it just, it collected too much. It is a clutter. It is a clutter collector. I love it because he does play on it and he, you know, and it's got one drawer that you can pull out. And so things, you know, get in the drawer, but it's, it is a clutter collector and it just looks so messy all, you know, all of the time. And so that's when, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, the train set's got to go back in the bag, bag goes in the master bedroom. Cause it's just, and some stuff I keep in the master bedroom behind a, a locked door, because if he pulls it out, depending on his mood, yeah. it, like eight things can be everywhere. So, so is, I it, try or, to is limit. there a boundary within the living room of this is your play area? No, that would be the first thing to let be like, okay. Cause you just said, you know, it makes sense for him to have stuff in the living room mm-hmm. because that's where you hang out. That's where he mm-hmm. would play with things, but it's also its main purpose is a living room, which is for the yeah. whole family. So it's like, this is the boundary for that, whether that's 
um, I'm assuming you have some sort of existing shelving, existing, whatever mm -hmm. that could be, you know, put there. And it's like, this is, this is your play area. Only one thing can be outside of this play area at a time, or yeah. I don't know. Um, and the reason why I'm willing to talk about this is because you just said it was not over your clutter threshold to do the toy rotations. You know what yeah. I mean? Like where for me it would be. And so I, yeah. but I also talk about this as someone who back when my kids were that age, I was a total mess. You know what I mean? Like I, so yeah. I don't have any, like, Oh, this is what worked. I'm like, yeah, what would I have tried? That's where the perspective I'm coming in this from, you know? you know, and I think when I did, cause I did broach to him when we were talking about selling in the sale and they're like, honey, fill up the box. Of course the box didn't get filled. And I did tell him cause I am his mother, like yeah. honey, yeah. like, you know, I did have that. See, and he asked me about something else that I had sold. Like what happened to, he has a long memory. It's like, what <laughs> happened to the, my, you know, my toolbox. And I was like, honey, you didn't play with it. And so it got sold. And I, yeah. I, I certainly have the right to do that. And it's yeah. like, so I think the idea of less about the rotation and more about, and I can't remember whose idea this was, but the idea of putting something in a box, you put it out, might've been Dawn's, put it out for, you know, two months and then nobody talks about it and off it goes, as opposed yeah. to rotating it, it yeah. rotates yeah. out the door and just accepting like, listen, if you really had wanted it, you would have played with it. And there are certain things that he would say, oh, please, you know, keep that. And yet I know it's been in the playroom, the living room, right. and you've right. never played with it. So it's like, okay, right. okay, kid, I'm on to you. I think it's just the <laughs> idea. It's yeah. the idea, like everything new is exciting. And yeah. yet I do want to say it was so, you know, I did the take your horse, take your house back horse. Take your horse back. So much. Take your horse back. <laughs> Love that horse. Sorry. Love that horse so much. <laughs> Um, and I love, yeah, I love Thank you course. for laughing at that and not being offended. I just <laughs> have to say. That horse was amazing. Um, but that, you know, and they have the Facebook group. So I'd be on the Facebook yeah. group and I took pictures of our living room when all that stuff went to the, and my husband was so upset about it. And I was like, honey, I'm going to take care of this. And I packed all that stuff up. It was amazing how much it was and put it, you know, he's the only grandchild on one side and so many oh, toys, yeah. put it away. And when he woke up that next, that next day, he didn't even ask about most of it. He was so like, and Dawn talks about this, that the kids were more focused. Like mm -hmm. he's a better kid when there's not so much stuff. So it's like, it is my responsibility yeah. to make sure that he's being the best kid he can be. That's and that I is not surrounded like, by stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's where there needs to be a container where things can be stored. You, mm -hmm. you know, he, he plays with stuff in the living room, but the mm -hmm. living room can't be the storage room for toys. Yeah. Right. It's got to go so it's somewhere. Like, right. So this is, but this mm -hmm. is the space that we have for toys in the living room. Okay. Yeah. And this is the space that we have for storing toys that will get one in one outed with the stuff in the living room. And yeah. because of that, you might have to get rid of the table and say, yeah. okay, if you're going to play with matchbox cars, it's going to be on the floor or it's, yeah. or with train, it's going to be on the floor because the tables are cool, but like, I had to get rid of my toy box. I, I, you know, that was a huge thing when my kids were yeah. little, I had, because it was just a pit of things. Yeah. I thought it was going to solve all my problems and it ended up just being a pit. And yeah. so it was like getting rid of that was the best thing I ever did. And sometimes those mm -hmm. getting rid of a big thing that is like, there's no hope of your living room looking the way you want it to look when it has that big thing yeah. in it. Right. Yeah. And so, so, yeah. and, and you can take that same amount of floor space and say, this is our storage. This is how many toys you can keep in here, or you can yeah. keep one tub in here at a time where I don't know. I like, I yeah. said, I'm not sure your situation, yeah. but, and then this is the storage thing. And so it's like, 
favorite things in there first, which we don't Mm -hmm. ever want to pull everything out, but starting by saying, okay, we're going to pick up the things that have been scattered through the living room. We've just designated that this shelf is where we're going to put toys. Mm -hmm. So let's pick up the living room and let's put them all on that shelf. Whatever doesn't fit is going to you know, have to go. So it's like, put your favorite things on there first and anything that, you know, one in one out as you do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. These are the things that didn't fit this storage space that we have now, that is the space for anything that you're going to one in one out as you play with it. So we're going to go take that in there and, oh, there's no room for it. What are you, you know, so just really embracing those boundaries, identifying those boundaries so that, because like you said, you're right. You are his mom and you get to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. It is easier though. And I find much more effective when I say, when I get to blame the container and be like, I'm the mom again, like you are with your husband in this situation. You're not the mom in that situation, but you know what I mean? Like you're, you're helping, you're guiding them through this process of reality acceptance. And so I'm here as your mom. It's my job to guide you through this because it's not okay to just be crazy talk, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But here's the boundary. Here's the container. And that is what's actually going to make these tough decisions so that I don't have to say. So again, the answer always gets to be yes. You love Mm -hmm. matchbox cars. That's awesome. Yes. Of course you can keep them, but you have to get rid of something here because there's not enough room. Yeah. Oh. We, we did that a little, it was the one time it really worked. We had a cabinet of games and puzzles. Mm-hmm. The box definitely did not work. But when I had the cabinet, I was like, honey, they won't all fit. And so I said, you know, you haven't played this, this puzzle is pretty little for you. And he, one, he could give up and one, he couldn't. And so we did get a little bit of a pile that was effective. I think the problem is that there aren't enough containers for things. Stuff is just kind of everywhere. So I have to figure out what the containers are for these different items and where they can live. And I also think we haven't done a good job with the five minute pickup with including him so that he has to help. Like, you know, you're going to take all this stuff out and he'll say, I want to, you know, get out the wooden train set. Okay. But it's got to get put away. And I'll be like, okay. So I think that's part of it is we need to do that habit. So he sees that these things with lots of pieces, they have to get put somewhere. They got to get put back and he'll be a little more, you know, conscientious about it. I'm hoping. And the, the containers for the small items are determined by the size of the container, the shelf that, or the cabinet that you have to put those in. So that, that determines that it's as opposed to major sorting, it's Mm -hmm. more about what size of space do we have to put this in there and how is it get toable and usable? But like you, you just identified the very best thing, which is you can start today doing a five minute pickup. Yeah. It won't be fun but (laughs) you can start it today and then you can do that again tomorrow. And just doing that is going to help him start to identify things, you know, because the other thing too is play space is more valuable than play stuff. So when there's stuff strewn, then it's, it's sometimes just feels easier to go get something new and bring it out because it's started to kind of, you know, meld into a mass of stuff as opposed to I don't know if that's helpful or not. I don't feel like I'm no, very well, helpful. Well, I, no, I, I actually, I do feel like that is the big thing is that we don't have containers. And so stuff just, you know, you'll do a really good job saying, or my husband would be like, ah, enough, you know, and it's like, okay, we got to find the place, but it, it's not, it's not easy to put away. Even if you had a five minute pickup, it's like, where will it go and live permanently? So I think I just need to think about how do we want to make this space? I, I used to have bins 
you know, when he was little of like found items and things that I thought, oh, we could play with. And I remember picking them up because our cleaning person was coming. And I picked them up and put them in a different room. And I was like, look how much better that looks. Like he wasn't even using that stuff anyway. I mean, too much stuff is overwhelming to people, mm-hmm. kids is. too. Yeah. And so it's like, I just realized how different he behaved when he is too many choices, like too much stuff. And so it's like, we got to figure out a method where he can clean it up, but also it's somewhere it can, it's somewhere to go. And right now and, there's not enough places for it to go. And as instead of thinking, what containers do I need for the toys? Instead, mm-hmm. it's what does this space yeah. give me? Like, that's how you determine the container is according to yeah. the space that it's going to go in yeah. that allows for us to primarily use this as a family living space. Yeah. 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 We'll work on that. Anything else you want to talk about? No, those are, those were three big ones. I've solved all your problems. (laughs) Every single one. I was the (laughs) easiest person you've talked to since you started doing this. (laughs) No, I appreciate you. I love, I love your interesting story. I love hearing (laughs) all about it. I think it's great. I mean, it's um, because even though you have a unique situation, I have a lot of people that I talk to who their biggest frustration is that they are living in somebody else's house. Mm -hmm. And so whether it looks different a little bit from your situation, it's a real, it's a real struggle, you know, and especially I think with where you are and you're like, no, we may be here forever. Okay. Well then how do we deal with it right now? Assuming that this probably is our forever thing. And yet we don't have the freedom to necessarily do exactly what we would do in another situation. No, I think it's going to be really helpful for people. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Can I, uh, can I say one thing before? We of, course. Wrap up? of course. Um, so I, I think I'm different than maybe some of your other listeners mm-hmm. in that you always have that tagline of people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Mm-hmm. I actually do enjoy cleaning and organizing. Oh, <laughs> um, when I was single, I used to spend every Saturday cleaning my apartment, my little apartment and like organizing my drawers, which made my brother laugh, who had like a family and three kids. And he's like, what do you do all Saturday? And I was like, (laughs) don't judge like every Saturday. And now that I'm married and have a kid and I work out of the house remote, but you know what I mean? Full time. And my time is so much more limited. And so I realized that I just didn't have the time to devote in the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. And I, I would follow, cause it was of interest to me. I'd follow these different, you know, big authors or big methods. And I would be like, that sounds amazing. Can't wait to start it, but it would bump up against my, my perfectionist kind of tendencies. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, and I found your book, I found decluttering at the speed of life on a Facebook, like a personal productivity Facebook group. And someone mm-hmm. said, what's a book that you found life-changing? And someone said, Dana White's Decluttering at the Speed of Life. And I was like, that's a bold statement because I've read every like decluttering book. And what does this lady have to say that I have not already read? And when I read it and you talked about like the value of five minutes and just, you don't make a bigger mess and starting somewhere, it, it unstuck me in a way that I had just been like frozen. You know, I had this list of like, I literally had this list of like, this is the order I need to go in. These are the things I need to do. And I just never started. And your method were just so, it just, it got, and then I decluttered all of my stuff, like got rid of about half of it, even got through sentimental stuff. that is like the big white whale. It's like, I looked at it in a completely different way than, and had been hauling it around for years. And I was able to like, let it go 
because it just, I had been on this kind of momentum kick. And so I want to tell you how much you've helped and how grateful I am for you. It really made Thank a big you. difference in my life. Yeah. It's just, and you know, and I feel like, cause you were, you, you struggled so long and, and did all these things. You tried so many things that the methods you came to, it's like, oh, it just like, it just was the right thing for a variety of types of people. And I just wanted to say thank you. Well, thank you. It means a lot. It always makes me go, really? When, you know, somebody who likes cleaning and organizing can actually <laughs> learn something from me. I'm like, what? But, but no. I love it because I'm like, that's what I, I was like. I needed it to be boiled down because I didn't get it mm-hmm. otherwise. But I love hearing that it boiling it down is what helped yeah. you relax which then helped you make progress. So I yeah. almost like, let's go back to your kids stuff. Mm-hmm. Think you're overthinking probably, you know, and yeah. say, okay, what's the simplest, simplest thing that we can do here. Mm-hmm. Container limit, yeah. you know, and instead of like, well, but what's going to happen, what's down the right road, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. Thank I'll you. I, I really appreciate you saying that. So what yeah, do you like about being a kindred spirit? Oh, kindred spirits are the best. Before I, before I found you, I was on a couple of the big Facebook groups and thinking that bigger was better. The more people, the better. And um, some of those folks can be really mean <laughs> and like really judgy. And so the kindred spirits are so, I, we do speak the same language. You know that everybody's in the same boat and the, you know, I, I don't, belong anymore to those other groups. You'd be like, oh, honey, no, don't do that. Like someone would offer these suggestions. You're like, don't do that. The kindred spirits, you're all on the same page. Like you realize that every piece of advice is going to be helpful for the most part, because it's again about progress. And they're just, they're just really sweet. Everybody's just really supportive. And I love that. I love that energy. I love that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love us. I guess that's the word yes. to say. <laughs> um, really? I love all my people too, even when they're not kindred <laughs> spirits, but, um, but yeah, it is, it's a special place. And, um, yeah, I think that speaking each other's language is just so key. So key it, for it this cuts out a lot of the, uh, you know, trial and error. Like you can say, oh, you know, she mentioned this on, you know, in this book or in this chapter. And, and I tried this and this really worked. Like you don't have to say, oh, I did that. And it didn't really work. Like, yeah, it's going to work. And it's just, it's kind of tweaking it. So yes. yeah, I was doing another one of these. I think it was today or yesterday. I'm trying to get, you know, several in the can here, but, and somebody said you don't have, which is what I think happens in those other groups. A lot of times is you present a problem and the answer that a lot of people give is, well, you should have this mm-hmm. so that this never would have happened. And it's like, well, that's not actually helpful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. so instead it's like, oh no, we all get the reality of the problem and we can move from there. So yeah. 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 It's progress and, and, and the sustainable, like the idea that whatever I did want to mention to you that, you know, of the stuff that I decluttered last year, I would say 90% of those spaces stayed decluttered. Oh, wow. And that's, I'd never had anything again with my Jenga like organization. I'd never had Tetris. Like I never had anything stay, which is why I was always cleaning and decluttering every Saturday. Like it never stayed. And so this stays, my socks are still not overflowing. My shirts, I still fold up and they still fit in those drawers. Like that is very satisfying. That is very satisfying that there's spaces for things and they're not overflowing. So I just need to apply some of that, especially with some of my, my son's things and the same principle. Cause in my stuff, it works awesome. It works awesome. Well, and I think a lot of times with kids, that's the thing that it's hard to remember how much they need just having less, just having it be easier to deal with. 
and structure that, you know, the yeah. kids don't, they're all over the place, right? Like it's yeah. up to me to help him provide structure, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been really fun. Thanks, Anything Dana. else? Did we cover yeah. everything? This okay. is it. I got everything I wanted to say. Thank okay. you. Didn't y'all love that conversation? I just loved her attitude. I, I mean, I hear from all sorts of people, y'all. I really do. And I hear all sorts of different situations and challenges, and they are all legitimate challenges that people are living in. And really so many times the determining factor for people is their attitude toward that situation. Are they going to go, okay, this is the situation. Mm, I can't say situation this week. This is the situation I am in. And so here's how I'm going to make it work. Or are they just going to say, this is the situation that I'm in. Oh no, I'm doomed. You know, I mean that that's my own story with, you know, the way I used to not see limits in my house. And so my, I couldn't get my house organized. And I thought, well, if I was ever going to be organized, it would take a bigger house and we can't afford a bigger house. So, oh, well, I'm doomed to be disorganized forever. Hmm. Only when I said, you know what, I'm going to embrace the reality of this house that I have, that I actually started making real true progress. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed that. If you would like to know more about being a kindred spirit, don't go, um, do go to, don't forget that you can go to a slob comes clean.com slash podcasts. And there is a link there to, um, how to become a, a patron of the show, or you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.